Hey there, before we dive into the episode, I want to tell you about a unique opportunity for you and I to work together one-on-one. Right now, I am running a beta coaching program for my updated three-month coaching package, and this is basically the long way to say free coaching in exchange for your feedback. So if you're someone who is struggling with PMS, period pain, with fertility challenges or irregular cycles, then this, my friend, is for you. This could finally be the time for you to understand what is causing your symptoms so they can be a thing of the past. Click on the link in the show notes to learn more and sign up. Hey everyone, welcome to I'm Hormonal. This is a podcast where we talk about how to support our hormone health, our menstrual health, and how to lean into cyclical living. If you want to start understanding the signals that your cycle is sending you, then you are in the right place. I'm Hormonal is here to share practical tips and information with you that will support you on your quest for hormone balance. My name is Bridget. I'm a functional hormone specialist and menstrual cycle coach, and I'm here to guide you along this journey. Hi, everyone, and welcome to I'm Hormonal. This is a podcast where we talk about how to support our hormone health, our menstrual health, and how to lean into cyclical living. If you want to start understanding the signals that your cycle is sending you, then you are in the right place. I'm Hormonal is here to share practical tips and information with you that will support you on your quest for hormone balance. My name is Bridget. I'm a functional hormone specialist and menstrual cycle coach, and I'm here to guide you along this journey. Hello, hello out there. Thank you for joining me and for listening to I'm Hormonal. This is a place where we talk about why being hormonal is a good and actually very necessary part of our lives. I don't think I've ranted on this much yet. Don't worry, I will. But I just think it's some straight up baloney that women and menstruators are called hormonal when they're acting just in a way that's outside of our societal or masculine norms. I love my hormones. I think we should all love our hormones because they keep us alive and they keep our body functioning. They help us wake up in the morning. I'm looking at you, cortisol. They help to keep our skin glowing and to give us increased cognitive function, estrogen. And they even help mitigate the risk of cancer and support our bone health. Thanks, progesterone. That's just the tip of the iceberg too, but a little context on the podcast name, and what we are behind. Anyway, I hope that you are having an amazing week and a lovely day whenever, wherever you're listening to this. I did some traveling last week, but I'm home now and happy to be hanging out on the couch with my cat, Betty, recording this for you guys. It was a great trip, super fun to see my family, um, but it is nice to be back in Encinitas and just relax. If you're listening for the first time, I'm your host, Bridget Walton, and I'm really excited that you are here to join us and here to listen. If you've been here before, I really appreciate you coming back, and I hope you've been liking what you've been hearing so far. Today, we're going to be talking about hormonal birth control and how it impacts your body, what to consider if you're coming off of birth control soon or planning to, and some other considerations regarding fertility testing while you are on hormonal birth control. We know that there are both hormonal and non-hormonal birth control options, right? But from here on out for this episode, I'm just going to refer to it as birth control, but know that I'm talking about hormonal options. 
I've had a handful of questions about this topic already, which is why I wanted to discuss it more in depth today. But as always, if you have any questions about what I share with you today or any other day, then please DM or you can comment on the Instagram post related to this episode so I can help you out. Just a couple of quick housekeeping notes before we really get started. If you want to connect with me, I would love to connect with you on Instagram. You can find me at Bridget Walton. Also, please remember that the content that I'm talking about today and always is really for informational purposes only, and it should not be a replacement for any any one-on-one support um, with a certified practitioner or from your healthcare provider. Everyone has their own unique body, unique hormone and micronutrient and health situations, so it's oftentimes worth having somebody really take a good look at your specific um, your specific symptoms or micronutrient balance, etc., to make sure that you are moving in a direction towards more optimal health. If you're someone who is currently taking birth control, if you're considering getting off birth control, or if you just know somebody taking it, right, then by the end of this episode, you should have a better understanding of how this medication is impacting your body, along with information on a better way to transition off of it than just going cold turkey. Let's get into it. So what is birth control? How does it work? And what other impacts does it have on your body? All right, so let's start from a high-level overview, right? Birth control can come in several different forms. Most common would be the pill or IUD. Also out there are options for vaginal rings, for um, shots, or for you know a device that you can insert underneath your skin that will deliver hormones. Menstruators are taking birth control in order generally to avoid pregnancy, so no surprise there. But you may be aware that it's oftentimes consumed in order to avoid some of the negative symptoms that can be associated with the menstrual cycle, like acne, heavy bleeding, cramping, and more. While the actual mechanism can differ depending on what type of hormonal birth control you're taking, birth control is generally working for you by impacting some combination of the following three things. It can be thinning the womb lining in order to make your uterus a less habitable place for a fertilized egg. The birth control can also act by thickening your cervical mucus, which that's important because your cervical mucus changes throughout the month and around time of ovulation, it can really effectively shuttle sperm up to fertilize an egg. And so anyway, when the birth control makes your cervical mucus more thick, it prevents that from happening. Third and final, birth control alters the way that your brain sends hormonal signals to your ovaries and other endocrine glands, which works to prevent ovulation. And again, ovulation is when your ovary releases an egg through a follicle. The egg travels um, down your fallopian tubes into your uterus so that it can be uh, fertilized. So let's put that all together and talk about what that means. So most birth controls, they generally kind of flatline your hormones, right? In a person who is not taking hormonal birth control, there's a natural fluctuation in your hormone levels throughout your whole menstrual cycle and the four different phases that you can break up your cycle into. And those four phases and those fluctuations in hormones help you to prepare an egg and a follicle for ovulation. 
Once you ovulate, there's another natural shift in hormones, which helps your body to make sure that you've got a nice cozy womb for any potentially fertilized egg to start growing in. Because it is the shift of those hormones that support ovulation, flatlining your estrogen prevents you from releasing an egg. And again, when I mean flatlining, I mean that the pill that you're taking or whatever form of contraceptive that you're taking is artificially artificially uh, impacting those hormone levels so that you're just really running off of the synthetic hormones. So when you're on birth control, the start of your bleed or your period, as we commonly refer to it, is caused because your hormone levels drop off. And this is because you're consuming a placebo pill or because you've removed the vaginal ring. And there are a lot of nuances for IUDs. We won't get into all of that, but just know that when you have that bleed begin, it's because the hormone levels are dropping off. Now, unless you've ovulated, which is possible with some hormonal IUDs, the bleed is actually better referenced as a withdrawal bleed. Technically, it's Technically, the withdrawal bleed is absolutely not essential for your health. Um, I thought it was interesting the way I learned recently that when they were just starting to develop the pill and women were starting to use it way back when, um, they didn't originally have the placebo pills. And a lot of women were really shocked and kind of upset that suddenly they had no bleed even though they weren't pregnant, right? Which I thought that's so interesting because can you think of it, you know, at that time, the only reasons why you wouldn't have a cycle or why you wouldn't have a bleed was if you were pregnant or if you were postmenopausal. So anyway, I thought that was kind of interesting. In addition to birth control preventing the natural fluctuation of your sex hormones, and I'll give you a rundown of the five main sex hormones that we'll focus on in just a second here, but Birth control can also impact your gut. So really quick, let's highlight those five. First, estrogen is not only essential for ovulation, but it's also good for your heart health, brain health, muscle mass, and bone density. It also supports your mood, which is a good thing, of course. And estrogen, as a reminder, is the hormone that is dominant in the first half of your cycle. Now, testosterone is also a is also a hormone that's essential for women, although societally we know it as a male hormone, but regardless, women need it too, or menstruators need it too. Testosterone is essential for fertility, but it will also support your skin health, heart health, cognitive function, and it has a key role in supporting your libido. Testosterone normally peaks around ovulation. Next up is progesterone. It's essential for the second half of the cycle, after ovulation, and it not only helps with PMS symptoms, alleviating them, but also sleep, bone health, and it can help to lower your risk of cancer. The final two are grouped together, though slightly different. Luteinizing hormone and follicle-stimulating hormone are essential for making sure that the follicle on your ovary is actually getting the egg out and in a healthy way, which means that you'll produce enough progesterone in the second phase, as well as, no surprise, LH and FSH are essential for ovulation. Okay, so let's come back to what I mentioned a second ago regarding gut health. And keep in mind that most of the negative impacts of, of birth control um, on the gut come from the pill. So it's 
I think information that's relevant for, for everybody, we should all focus on supporting our hormone health. And by that, I mean supporting our gut health. But anyway, just know that um, the pill really delivers a lot of these punches. Mainly, it can harm your gut health because it's just so tough on the gut microbiome. And ultimately, that means that it's going to kill off some of the good bacteria that we want to flourish in our digestive tract, and that leaves room for some of that bad bacteria to flourish, and things get off balance at that point, or you experience what's called dysbiosis, which just means that your gut bacteria is off balance. Note that there are a lot of other ways, too, that this can occur, um, but our gut health is essential for our immune function as well, for our mood, and many other functions of the body. So it's pretty important to prioritize and probably um, undervalued as, as a mechanism to support our own health. Let's talk about the vitamins and minerals that can be depleted from your body while using birth control. And these include vitamins E, C, the B vitamins, magnesium, selenium, and zinc. So these micronutrients are essential for reproductive-related processes to happen, of course, but also for things like proper serotonin levels, which, again, help out our mood, as well as for ideal melatonin and cortisol levels, which help us to have energy at the appropriate time of day, as well as snooze at the appropriate time of day. It is worth investigating to see what your micronutrient level looks like, so you can understand exactly if or which of these you might want to take. Honestly, I'm not sure if I've ever seen an at-home micronutrient test that, that again, you can just do at home, um, but give it a goog. You can always have these tests done through your healthcare provider, um, which could be good if you want to use insurance to cover some of the cost of those tests, or you can find a certified practitioner who can order those labs for you. In addition to focusing on those micronutrients that may need some help in repletion, one other thing that you should think of when you're preparing to come off of birth control is that any symptoms that you had before you started the birth control, they can come back. And sometimes they can come back maybe a little bit worse than they did before. Depending on the birth control that you are using, some of them can have a higher androgen index, and what that means in this situation is that once you are off of the birth control, it's going to tell your body that it needs to produce more androgens, like testosterone and androstenedione, which are more likely to result in cystic acne, um, maybe unfavorable sort of hair patterns or hair loss, and that's maybe not something that you're looking to invite into your life. So anyway, just something to consider. There's a lot of stuff that you can do to make a make a healthy transfer or transition though. Okay, so I've got three more things on this. The first thing I would recommend you to consider is a micronutrient assessment um, and start taking those vitamins or minerals necessary for a few months before taking your final pill uh, or, you know, a healthy level of progesterone. You might be familiar with the fact that we're all, like all of us women, are born with our full set of eggs, right? We don't create more eggs as we go throughout life. And so that's why it's so important to make sure that the follicle that is ovulating that egg is just really well nourished and can support that first trimester of pregnancy if you do become pregnant. 
A second thing that you should consider before getting off of hormonal birth control is using castor oil packs or other methods to really support your liver's health and to help um, really just take off some of the burden from your liver. So castor oil is an oil that helps with increasing blood flow as well as increasing circulation. It can also help support the movement of lymphatic fluid. Now, you can just buy castor oil alone. You can buy castor oil and a cloth that has, you know, some ties on it. Or you can just make your own cloth by reusing a flannel shirt or whatever you've got um, hanging around. But long story short, what you do is you apply the castor oil to your skin, um, like over around your liver, if that's what you're going to go for. On a separate note, you can use a castor oil pack for your thyroid or for... You know, there are other uses, um, but we'll just talk about liver support today. The topical application of the oil, again, gets things moving below, and that really enables your liver to kick it up a notch with regard to detoxing your body. This happens every day, all the time. It's not like your your liver's only going to detox when you've got the, the castor oil pack on, but again, it'll just help to take off some of the burden from your liver, which has to know, filter all of your blood. And when you drink alcohol, it has to filter out those toxins. So there's a lot of things that can hinder its performance. So once the liver does its job and filters out those estrogen metabolites, I guess it doesn't actually filter it out. It just helps to conjugate them so that they can be excreted through your kidneys and then through your urine, or if it's going to be excreted through your gut and then out through a bowel movement. On a quick related note, since there are many hormone metabolites, including estrogen metabolites, that are excreted this way through the urine, that's what makes tests like the Dutch test um, really great because not only can it tell you about how much estrogen, progesterone, etc. hormone you have, but it also tells you in which way they're excreted from your body. And that information can be really essential in getting to the root cause of your hormone imbalance. Um, Again, that's the Dutch test, which is the dried urine test for comprehensive hormones. So just a note there. Back to the main topic, though. You may want to consider how you can better support your gut health, right? We've obviously talked about this, but keep in mind simple things you can do. There are so many different ways you can support your gut health. But for starters, when you're eating a meal, just Focus on making sure that you're not stressed, you're relaxed while you're eating, because that will help to ensure that you have an adequate amount of stomach acid. The stomach acid will make sure that the food that you eat is ready and at the appropriate pH as it moves through your system. Also, consider avoiding food that will inflame your stomach and your gut lining, um, because that will help you to absorb more nutrients from your food. Again, on the digestive track train. Consistent blood sugar will help to avoid inflammation as well. And I mentioned several of these things in last week's episode, which was episode three. Um, A few quick honorable mentions though. One, avoiding alcohol. Two, avoiding wheat or gluten. And three, avoiding caffeine if that doesn't work so well for you either. The moral of the story here is that supporting your body and helping it thrive for a bit before you ditch the birth control will help prepare you for a better transition. They're all pretty good principles that generally are supportive of good health. So get your family or get your partner or get your friend on board so that 
they can join you and then you can help keep each other on track. Let's do a quick recap of the two subjects that we've really gone through so far. So first we talked about what hormonal birth control is and how it impacts your body. We mentioned that the synthetic hormones work to disrupt what your brain is telling your ovaries and your other endocrine glands to create. This inhibits ovulation and it has a cascading effect on your other hormones as well. So it can harm your gut health by killing off the good bacteria, which makes more space for bad bacteria. And there are a lot of other impacts of birth control on your body that I didn't mention today, but for that, I would really recommend Dr. Jolene Brighton's book called Beyond the Pill. It's a great resource and it'll really give you a deep dive. For the second topic that we covered and with regard to preparing to come off of birth control, we talked about focusing on optimizing vitamin and mineral levels because we know that birth control can deplete some of them. We also talked a bit about gut health and liver support so that you can set up as best you can before or during your transition back to cyclical life. Any issues, though, that you had prior to taking the pill may come back and there may generally be a period of time where symptoms are worse for a bit as your system kind of recalibrates. So we've almost made it to the end, but we have one more subject, which is about fertility testing that you can consider while you're on birth control. As we've discussed, because birth control is impacting hormones like estrogen, progesterone, luteinizing hormone, and follicle-stimulating hormone, it wouldn't make a whole lot of sense to test these hormones while you are still on birth control. There are three hormones, though, that are worth focusing on at this point. The first is anti-malarian hormone, and then the second and third are thyroid-stimulating hormone and thyroid hormone, or T4. Anti-malarian hormone can provide information on your ovarian reserve, meaning it'll give you insight into how many eggs you have available in your ovaries to work with. T4 and and thyroid-stimulating hormone are both thyroid hormones, um, you might have assumed, that will give some indications about your overall health. And this is really important because these hormones are essential for many functions in the body, but most certainly important for reproductive health as well. If you're wondering when would be the best time to get your hormones tested after you finish your birth control, then it would probably be good to consider a two to three month or more um, period of time after quitting birth control and before you go ahead and seek any lab work. This gives your body a chance, again, to just start to level things out. Maybe your provider or practitioner will have other guidance, but I think that's the baseline as far as, you know, basically making it worth your money to do the test, since we know that not so far in the past there will have been huge hormonal disruptions. So just to recap, if you do choose to get your other sex hormones tested, I would say while you're taking birth control or within maybe the three months after you get off of it, it might not show you a whole lot of helpful info since, again, all of those hormone levels are significantly impacted and will be still, if you're off of it, sort of re-leveling. Just remember that everyone has their own unique response to getting off of birth control and some gals out there conceive in their first cycle back, while other women out there might take a little bit longer. But for whatever it's worth, I found a study back in 2018 that indicated that of the, I think, 14,000 plus women that they observed, 83.1% of them did become pregnant within the first year. 
Okay, gang, let's go ahead and kind of close things out for the week. For your weekly practical tip, I want to encourage you to try out using a castor oil pack to support your liver's function and ability to detox your blood. If that's not your jam, something a little bit simpler though could be just picking up some milk thistle tea, dandelion root tea, or incorporating more turmeric into your diet. These plants do a good job of supporting your liver naturally. I'd also encourage you to go ahead into the link on my bio and Instagram and download the cycle syncing guide. Getting a feel for what you should be looking for in your menstrual cycle and also understanding how your cycle changes throughout your month will be important and it'll really help you to get to know yourself. So you can also go back to episode two of my podcast if you haven't checked it out yet and listen for more information on cycle syncing there. Next week, we'll be back and we will be talking through some swaps that you can make in everyday products or, you know, equipment, things that you use that will be a healthier option, a more climate-friendly option, and therefore help to support your natural hormone balance. If you've made it this far, I am super grateful for you making it all the way to the end. If you know someone who's interested in this content, I would ask you to share the pod. Let me know if you have any questions. Let me know if there's anything that you want to hear about in the future. And thanks again, everyone. I hope to see you here again next week. Depending on the birth... Birth control. (laughs)